Yo, this is so crazy. Um, I had the audible, bro. I'm, I'm over here looking at the cues on my mics because all our mics is muted during the, the intros. I had it froze again. I don't know what's going on with StreamYard right now, but uh, we're just gonna act like first of all, the listeners or, or, or viewers probably have no idea what I'm talking about, so I'm gonna just go ahead and just gonna keep it pushing. Welcome back <laughs> to, to another episode of Chopper Dive Podcast. Uh, listen, man, Dre, AJ, Montel in the building. Um, before we check in with the fellas, appreciate everybody who watches, listens, uh, daily, weekly, all that good stuff, man. Uh, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe button, uh, whichever way you are watching, uh, whichever way you are listening, hit that follow button. Um, if you are on Apple and all that stuff, leave a rating review. We definitely appreciate all that good stuff. Fellas, fellas, fellas. How y'all doing, man? Dre, Montel, AJ, how y'all feeling, man? Y'all good? Good, man. In the dead of the summer, man, this is the time of year where, you know, sports done come to a halt. But like I was talking to Montel before, I'm in NBA draft mode, but, you know, I'm still waiting on my football team to come back and play some ball. Shame, bro. It's definitely, definitely dead out here as it pertains to sports. I'm not a big baseball guy. Some people are. Baseball has far too many games for me. Um, it can be slow as well, so I ain't really paying attention. I might watch some baseball during the playoffs, but it ain't too much going on except for the Wizards getting finessed. But you know, <laughs> outside of that, you know, just waiting for some scans to come through, man. Yeah, man, just uh, chilling. Just you know, curious to see what happens with the draft small. Um, but other than that, just relaxing, man, getting ready for uh football season to truly kick off here in what probably like seven, eight weeks. Yeah, hey, man, the countdown is real, bro, for football. Um, Dre and, and, and AJ, y'all, I, I don't so I, I, I watched the draft, the NBA draft, but like I think the difference, and it's kind of weird, and, and it's probably it should, probably should be the opposite for me, but I, I, I think like. The, the NFL has so many draft like so many draft eligible players and then I think about basketball and it's like I still feel like I don't know 95% of the prospects coming out in the NBA like to be honest I just watch it I don't know anything about anybody um but but like I I know there are several people out there including Dre who knows who knows a thing or two about them college them college boys man I don't know I don't know jack shit I'll tell you that right now but you know, I watch college basketball. I like I'm a big, I'm almost as big of a college basketball fan as I am NFL. So that's why the NBA draft is a little special to me. But like the last couple of years, it wasn't special Boy, to, to me. Boys. I was, yeah, you know, that's my boys. But you know, like I said, the last couple of years, <laughs> I wasn't all into it because the Woods is just pissing me off. But since the Woods decided they want to change some things up, I'm gonna give them a chance again. So now that I'm giving them a chance, I'm excited again. So here we are. 
Bruh, I would never forget. <laughs> I think it was our first year, Dre. I asked you, I said, I think you, I think you was like, um, I don't remember what I asked you, but he was like, man, I <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Man, I really, I really think the Wizards going to do something. They really got a chance. I don't. You wasn't talking championship or anything. But you, yeah. you was thinking they was really going to have like a good season, like a five or six seed or something like that, bro. And and I lie to you, not not even not even two months into the season, this man Dre talking about something. Man, I'm done with these motherfuckers, bro. Hey, that that <laughs> might have been the, uh, not even two months into him, bro. Mo, that that might have been the Russell Westbrook season. Like, I mean, I might have been a little. That's the last time I think I might have been excited about him because I thought they might have done something with them, and then I was like, right. It was so much disappointment <laughs> and frustration in that response, bro. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they did that. He he ain't even he ain't even make it to the new year. <laughs> <laughs> that was exhausting, bro. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um fellas, uh you mentioned another thing. Is it's just a is it is a dry period in terms of sports. Um I, I know a lot of people pay attention to golf and 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 baseball and um at some point a a week or two ago hockey as well. Um and, and college baseball has actually been low-key. I've been peeping a couple of their games. It's been a, it's been a lot of excitement in that stuff too, but um, I ain't gonna lie to you. It, it I still, it ain't, it don't pique my interest like that. Uh, but along with dry spells come with rumors too. And some of the rumors that we've had recently, um, well, specifically pertaining to Washington has actually been one rumor, um, one report, official report from a person that we respect, Josina Anderson mentioned that, uh, Kareem Hunt, um, and Washington have been in contact, um, a lot of people have probably talked about this to the point in which we're recording, but at the same time, fellas, uh, what are your thoughts on Kareem Hunt? Because I'm I'm in the boat where, you know, I, I thought this made I thought this would have made sense before the draft, um, but Eric Bieniemy handpicked the guy in uh, Chris Rodriguez. Where I look at something like this, and I and I'm saying, you know, I would have I would have loved what Kareem Hunt could bring in terms of like a, a three three-man rotation um obviously with antonio gibson having a more uh uh versatile role and what he can do for an offense especially under the enemy but then you look at uh kareem hunt and and brian robinson and and being able to to really shoulder the load with them two but all to keep all three of those guys healthy like i would have thought that that would make the most sense um jonathan williams is a guy i was cool with but i'm like you know, and I think he runs hard. I think he's a, I think he's a solid back. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm okay moving on from a Jonathan Williams if that means you know we're entertaining Brian Robinson, Antonio, and um, uh, 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 Kareem Hunt. Um, or you could just keep four. Uh, you know, who knows how that goes? But at this point, we look at their opportunities uh, at, at the running back position. Um, the only thing I could think of, if this was true. Um, or if this does come to come to come to fruition, is something where I don't see Chris Rodriguez getting a lot of snaps as a rookie, and I think that would be okay. Um, but I think that that will be the odd man out, uh, or maybe Jonathan Williams ultimately is the odd man out. Um, and he's cut, but Chris Rodriguez is primarily a special teams guy, and you got a rotation between Brian and Kareem still, and Antonio Gibson doing his thing all across the offense. Um, I, I, I just don't see ultimately with, with all of that being said, and you have Chris Rodriguez, you drafted Chris Rodriguez. I just don't think with all that being said, it makes the most sense for them 
to really try to fit Kareem in here because then you're looking at trying to like have a whole bunch of bodies in here and somebody, you know, just not working out. It, it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Um, I, I don't see the vision anymore. It, it made sense before the draft. I think, uh, I think when you hear about the interest of Kareem Hunt coming out after many camps uh, across the, the NFL uh, cycle overall, like everyone has closed out their mini camps. I think that, it should tell you that Eric Bieniemy isn't truly comfortable with the two guys that are returning in a Brian Robinson and a Antonio Gibson being feature guys. Uh, they pretty much are one trick ponies in a sense. And you need a three down back. You need a guy that can play the first, second, third, uh, also be effective within the running game inside, outside and pass catching and can, can pass block and who better to possibly bring into the mix without having to be all involved in, you know, the OTA process or mini camps that knows your system and knows what you are expecting. And you also know what you're going to get out of that individual, but a Kareem Hunt. Um, I think when we talked about this position, maybe a week or two ago, I've, I kind of also alluded to the fact that I felt like Chris Rodriguez being handpicked by Eric Bieniemy, he had a chance at least during the season, to possibly uh, surpass Brian Robinson as being RB1. Um, but I've always felt from the jump since hiring Eric Bieniemy that they needed a running back, uh, especially someone that could be a, a three-down back. And out there, I mean, you you got Kareem Hunt, you got Leonard Fournette, you got Ezekiel Elliott still available. You got some solid running backs still out there on the market. And I think what this leak tells me is EB ain't comfortable with what he got right now. Like he don't really, he don't really trust what he has to be productive and how he wants to utilize the running back position and, you know, no better time, but to get a guy prepared to get in the football shape, but training camp and, you know, plug him in and, and have them do what you need to do. Cause I just can't see Brian Robinson being impactful in the, in the passing game. I know out there at Ashburn, they had him doing a lot of, running back uh routes or whatever from the from the backfield or what have you and yeah we we kind of heard about players getting chewed out and and one of those main players has been brian robinson um some people reported it in certain incidents and some people tried not to report it uh everybody wants to kind of focus on his 50 cent story uh <laughs> but when you just talk about football straight up at the end of the day, this isn't someone that I, I think is a feature back within the NFL ranks. And I think Eric Bieniemy getting hands-on has kind of realized that and he needs to add to that room. Well, AJ, I was going to let Dre get the floor, but I, I, I can't sit you – I can't let you sit here and disrespect B-Rob like that, bro. He is more than a 50-cent story, bro. Like, I don't know if you watched this dude last year. Brad Robinson is a beast, though, and, and and he has the potential to be a feature back. Maybe not a home run hitter. Maybe not quite the guy that comes and gets you 80 catches like Kirk, Christian McCaffrey or nothing like that. But this dude is a workhorse, bro. Like, he can carry the ball 250 times in a season. He can get you 1,400 yards. You've seen the way he ran last year behind a bad O-line. So, I, li I really like B-Rob, so I guess we probably just got two different perspectives there. But as it pertains to Kareem Hunt, 
not only do I not fully understand it uh, because you drafted Chris Rodriguez, I really don't fully understand it because he's coming off his worst year. And he played behind a line in the Cleveland Browns who stopped. Um, the Cleveland Browns got one of the best offensive lines in the league, and Nick Chubb tears it up behind those boys. And when I watch the Browns play, which isn't often, I'm not going to act like I'm watching Kareem Hunt play week in, week out. But when I do watch them play, I haven't really seen what I used to see from him. Not even just like with the Chiefs. With the Chiefs, we all know he was crazy. But even when he initially came to the Browns, him and uh, I can't even remember the the, the backup backup, the, the other running back. I can't remember his name right now. slipping my mind. But both of them Ernest were killing Johnson. It. Yeah, Ernest Johnson. They were both killing it when Nick Chubb went down. And last year, I really didn't see much from Kareem Hunt. But I'll say this, I'd be willing to kick the tires on him. I think he's more, he would be more of a depth piece. Um, he is good out of the backfield. He does have good hands out of the backfield. And, and let's say a guy like Antonio Gibson does go down, um, you still would have that option of Kareem Hunt who you could go to. But um, just knowing that they usually keep three on game day, it's like, how would that work out? But Jamal also mentioned, you know, potentially kicking Rodriguez to special teams. If you can be a factor on special teams, you you can keep four. Um, but outside of a depth piece, I don't see a huge role uh, for Kareem Hunt in this offense. I think Airbnb probably is high on Robinson and Gibson. And, and a lot of times what people don't tell you is when a coach is getting on you, it's because he see that you got it. And a lot of coaches, they, I don't know if you've seen Eric Bieniemy, he was getting an AP ass his rookie year, getting in his ass. But it's because he knew he was great. So a lot of times, just because a coach is getting on you, he's probably getting on you because he's like, no, you the one. And I need you to really get in your bag because if you get in your bag and you really doing your thing, then everybody else will follow. Everything else will follow. So I saw that in B-Rob last year. I seen that dog in him. And I, I think he's capable of really being like a 13, 1400 yard back, if I'm being honest. And for me, I mean, it kind of goes back to the conversation we were having during the draft. And we were talking about running backs and running backs we were liking. Every potential running back prospect that I like, I was thinking of guys that do something that the other guys don't do on the roster, which was why I was a little surprised that Chris Rodriguez was the draft pick because I was like, well, he's very similar to B-Rob. And I was like, where's the J.D. McKissick type of back? You know, I don't know if they were planning on having Antonio Gibson fill that role or what have you. But when you look at Kareem Hunt, I mean, he's a guy, you know, as AJ said, he played under um, Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City, so he knows the system. But he also kind of – he can play a little bit of that J.D. McKissick role and he gives you something different. So if there's any truth to the reports coming out, I don't think it's necessarily meaning that Eric Bieniemy or whoever amongst the regime is not happy with what they have. I think they're just looking at it like, well, damn, we don't have anyone that can play this particular role. And that's what I was kind of looking at in the draft. That, again, that's why I was surprised that they drafted Rodriguez. I don't know if this means that, you know, someone is out on the outs with them or it's just more of a, yeah, we're just looking for someone to fulfill this role because we just don't have that guy yet. And, and Kareem Hunt can play that role on this roster. He can be that guy that can catch passes out of the backfield. I don't think, you know, the signs of Kareem Hunt coming in means he's going to replace a Antonio Gibson or he's going to replace a B-Rob on the three-down thing because, as Montel said, I didn't see that guy in Cleveland. I mean, yeah, he, granted he is playing behind Nick Chubb, but he he just didn't even look like the same guy that was in Kansas City. I mean, he still has talent. You know, he can still do certain things, and I do think there's a role for him in this league, but I don't think he's a three-down back right now for, you know, a team that's, you know, looking to contend, you know, in their particular conference. 
we will see. Um, what were we like four or five weeks away from training camp? I, I say so. End of I'm July, sure we'll so get about a month. Yeah, the end of July. So um, we'll figure out what we got with with that running back situation. It was an interesting report to kind of like timing wise to see what this was looking like. Um, and Montel brought up a good point too. Uh, practice squad may be in play for some for one of the veterans too. Um, whether it's a Jay Will or even Kareem Hunt in terms of reserve role, if, and if Antonio goes down or Brian goes down, or maybe generally like bringing in Kareem Hunt around, like as long as he stays healthy, bringing him in um, in the event that somebody gets hurt, something like that. Maybe that's kind of what that communication looked like as uh, Josina Anderson kind of reported in her sense. Uh, but fellas, uh, offensive line, man, um, I was thinking about how we want to tackle this, uh, but, but I think um going with the biggest hole is probably the the easiest route to start with um let's talk about who they got um right here and then talk about like what they could have done in a sense but who they have right now left guard is Sadiq Charles and Chris Paul and this left guard spot out of all the positions on that offensive line is the one that is the most clear and obviously unsettled um, a question mark in Sadiq Charles, a guy who's been around for a few years now and hasn't really blossomed to a, a player where you can confidently say, I can trust him for 17 games, let alone trust him for four. Like it hasn't been, it hasn't been either one. Um, and then Chris Paul, who is going into his second season, had one start, one full game against the Dallas Cowboys in the finale, and it was a mixed bag. Um, I thought he showed some really good shrimps. Um, I thought he showed some some things that were solid, but like technical stuff, uh, he has to really and I'm sure it's already been worked worked on, but in the moment he had to really get under tag. I thought he was slow off the ball a few times. I don't think he was really uh locked in to a sense of like uh in sync with his offensive lineman, um, among other things. But these are your two guys that you got at left guard right now. Um, you have uh closed the book a sense in a sense at, at left guard for now. Um, you passed free agency and you passed the draft, and, and these are the two guys you're going in with. Um, I'm not I think this is like a a, a, a huge red flag until proven otherwise, and, and I mean huge because this interior offensive line has been a a, 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 a significant letdown since last year, and in a surprising way, in a sense, because you didn't like I, I knew that there was going to be a drop off. That was one of my main concerns. I didn't know it was going to be significant. I thought it was going to be something where like, all right, now we got a little bit. Excuse me, We got a little bit of pressure that we have to navigate around or we have to scheme around. But like it was floodgates type of bed. Um, and until we got stability at that center spot, it, it, it just never really gotten better. And, and I think we're in a, a, a huge gray area with Sadiq and Chris Paul. Um, fellas, anybody want to take the first stab at, at this position between between these two? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with the offensive line, I guess it's one of the main storylines besides the quarterback for Washington going into training camp. I, I have no idea who really is a starter outside of Charles Leno at left tackle. I mean, we could try to plug and play you know, Wiley at right tackle, we think that's that's going to be the case due to, you know, the relationship with him and EB and, you know, him being one of the main pieces they signed in free agency. But outside of that, 
it's kind of a toss up. I don't know if it's really battles or what, but I really don't know who's starting at left guard. I don't really agree with what's projected, sort of say, at center. I feel like I would give Stromberg the chance before I give Nick Gates the chance. Well, never really. All right, hold on. Let's let's do the the guard thing then. Like, where are oh, okay. we for 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 left guard though? Like, what's what's like? How do you even? Because so so AJ, I, I get the competition thing, and that's important, and, and we'll get to center soon. But how do you even? All right, let me ask it this way: Would you would you chance it on? Would you rather chance it? I, I guess I'll ask everybody: Would you rather chance it on the what what is it? Deep four years now the four the four year player who has given you spotty play and, and spotty uh, stability, I guess. I, I don't even know if that's the right way to phrase it, but I think y'all get where I'm coming from. Would you rather take chance it on the four-year player or would you chance it on the second-year player in terms of uh, uh, the, the competition side? Because I, I think that both have uh, unique or, or valuable traits to offer, but I don't think they're good enough. But But which one would you rather chance it on? Yeah, I mean, I think overall is a it's an interesting conversation because of how they've added these pieces. Everybody is a position flex, so anybody can move anywhere. That's that's where it makes it intriguing. You feel me? Uh, for me, I think overall at left guard and just with the line, I would try to go with the most athletic person there, like because I don't view anyone as far as being viable at the left guard position as being a stalwart. Like they're not going to be an all pro whatever the case is, I just rather have the most athletic guy, especially if I know going into the season that this is going to be a team that's going to try to run a lot of screenplays. They're going to try to get blocked. Uh, the, they're going to try to block upfield more than anything. And I feel like you need the most athletic guys on, on the field to do so. So if Sadiq Charles happens to be the best guy, that's athletic, and I've seen him do it at LSU. Cool, go for it. I really didn't study Brandon Daniels that much, but from the little bit that I've seen, he seems athletic as well. Go for it. Chris Paul, kind of like more so in the box type of type of guard, uh, probably post you up. But, you know, it, it's just weird to me that this is about to be Sadiq Charles' possibility to break through the starting lineup, like, it, it almost makes you wonder like, what the hell happened the entire duration with Turner. Like, so that that's 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 the storyline, I guess, for me with the left guard and the rest of the position. I mean, for me, the left guard and the right guard is a big question mark. I mean, I think right now you're talking about what Sam Cosme um, is slated as the starter. But, I mean, he's played right tackle mostly his whole career here. So we don't even know how he's going to transition over to right guard. So, I mean, both of those guard spots right now are a big concern. And as you all mentioned, I mean, you know, Sadiq Charles is a player we've been waiting for and waiting for for years since we drafted him, you know, to be some kind of player for us amongst that offensive line, whether it be tackle or whether it be guard. So it seems like now guard is finally his final position, you know, <laughs> to get this thing right for himself or at least for the team's sake. And he's competing with Chris Paul. Um, and, you know, we've been hearing good things about Chris Paul, you know, his rookie year. They, you know, even though he didn't play much, but the coaches were saying, well, yeah, we like this guy. So, I mean, that's probably going to be one of the more intriguing position battles for any of the position groups, 
you know, throughout this team and specifically because it's a position that we really need solidified at this point. I mean, you know, you had Andrew Norwell play the position last year, but he was terrible and he's starting the season off on the reserve. Um, what is it? The, the pup list. So we don't know when he's going to come back or if they have plans for him when he comes back. So snip, snip, he getting cut. Yeah, oh, I mean, I hope so. Yeah, well, it can't happen soon enough. Um, but again, you you hope that one of these guys emerge. Um, now, I'm not. I, I, I will say I'm a little intrigued. I, I, I don't want to say I'm optimistic, but I do like the competition between those two guys, just because, like I said. Out of LSU, Sadiq Charles is a guy that a lot of people said, you know, he has potential, whether it be guard or tackle. And, you know, we haven't really heard any bad things about him here. But the fact of the matter is he hasn't really always been available either. He's, he's dealt with injuries um, during his time here. And then Chris Paul, again, I know he was drafted, what, seventh round last year, but we heard good things about Chris Paul from the coaching staff. So it kind of makes you wonder, is, you know, this going to be a heated battle where not not just like someone wins by default, like, you know, pick your poison, the, the worst of the worst is going to win or the best of the worst is going to win. But I think it's more so of maybe these guys are going to have a heated competition and maybe they will come up and be a little bit better than we think they are going to be at the guard position. At least that's the hope for a fan anyway, because like I said, neither of those positions at the guard spot makes me feel good i mean like again sam cosby second round pick a couple years ago but he's moving in from right tackle so we don't know how sam cosby is going to take over that right guard spot so again both of those positions are a little bit of a question mark right now i'm going to say something and it's, it's a bunch of nothing but it's it's really huge because <laughs> i, I personally going to say a bunch of nothing it's a bunch of nothing because it don't means say nothing it's meaningless. It's meaningless, <laughs> but it does factor in to this left guard position because I personally believe Sadiq Charles, he got some tape out there, and I personally believe he had, and this isn't Ashburn syndrome, I promise you. He has Pro Bowl talent. Again, that doesn't mean anything because he's a big, agile, athletic person who you just moved in from left tackle to left guard. He can come downhill. He's good in pass protection. I think he has a lot in his repertoire that can really, you know, benefit him as a left guard. And he could really be nasty. He could be. But the thing is, and I think that's why, if I'm being honest, I think that's why he's still here. To be with this team for four years under that coaching staff, that says a lot, especially not being healthy. I think that they believe in him. They know that he can play. And he's getting his shot. And he he I, I think part of him not getting his shot earlier was the health issues. And maybe they feel like, hey, this dude is healthy now. Let's see what he can do. And and also because you really don't have any other options right now. Um, but I think the injuries definitely concern me. And one of the things that I know, and I, I remember hearing this when I was younger, I don't remember how old, but it's very true. Once you start, once you see a player start getting injured, like injury prone players get injured. That was the saying, but that's really true. Once you see a guy, it don't matter how good they were in their career. Once them injuries start to pile up, look, you hurt your knee. Next thing you know, your 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 foot injury, you got a foot injury, and that's connected to the knee injury. Next thing you know, your right knee. So all that stuff, it plays out. And the first guy that comes to mind is like Deshaun Jackson. After a while, you weren't getting more, more than nine games out of him. And it didn't matter how sick he was. It didn't matter how talented he was. Jordan Reed, we knew how great he was, but once them injuries started piling up, he's going to get injured. Chris Samuel saw the end of his career. He's going to get injured. Like certain guys, their bodies just, 
it, it fails them in a sense in this physical, grueling sport. So with Sadiq, as, as good as I think he can be, as good as I think he's going to be, I don't see him giving you more than seven games as a starting left guard. Now, I hope that I'm wrong, and I'm not saying that because I wish injury or anybody. That's the last thing I want to see. But I think he's a super talented uh, player at the left guard position, but I also think that you can't really depend on him because he hasn't showed us, shown us that he can play. He hasn't showed us that he can stay healthy. So with that, like I said, it's a bunch of nothing. You got a Pro Bowl talent who may never reach his full potential, but just because he can't get on the field. Now, um, AJ brought up something that I that I'm very Trent changing changing positions, uh, changing to center. Um, AJ brought up something that I'm really, uh, really really baffled by, and I think we can expand it to like their their draft process in a sense as well. Um, Ricky Stromberg and Nick Gates. Uh, Nick Gates is your starting center. Ricky Stromberg. As of right now, per ESPN's depth chart, uh, is in front of Tyler Larson, um, who Tyler I was actually cool with last year. I think he went uh, record-wise, they were stable. I think like six and one or six and two with him, and he and he played solid from the tape that I looked at. Um, he was a solid player, um, nothing special, nothing to, to to write home about, but he brought stability to that offensive line. Um, but point being, back to Nick and Ricky, um, Ricky is not, and we talked about it with John. Um, John Kahn of ESPN. Um, Ricky is not getting an opportunity to start or to compete, excuse me, to compete with Nick Gates as a starter. Um, it's not a full-blown competition, like it is set in stone that Nick is starting there. And um, and and I'm a fan of Ricky. I, I think that he has uh the cop the qualities coming into the NFL that would allow him to compete for the starting role. Um, and, and to a sense of what AJ mentioned, like put your best athletes out there or put your best players out there that would me that would mean me considering moving Nick Gates to to left guard um and and killing a, a left guard competition like just dead it um put your put your best five out there um but point being back to Ricky and back to Nick um I just what really baffled me to this day and back then um since I heard that they're not considering Ricky as a starter is why 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 take him in the third round um somebody asked me on twitter after we released the episode with john like what's what potential starter were you going to get at that at that draft pick and i think he's asking the wrong question it's not like what potential starter could you get it's like what position could you get that will give him the best opportunity to see the field um and i think there is a position on the offensive line guard Find somebody at left guard that you can put out there. At one point, they had um, Osiris Torrance available to him, and they passed on him. Um, and they had another guy that they really liked. I forgot his name. Maybe the guy from TCU. I'm not sure. Um, but they had an opportunity to take another interior offensive lineman that wasn't center, and they either couldn't trade up and get him, or they just passed on him in his spot. I can't remember. For those who are listening, I know y'all are going to be able to remember. But point being, they had a couple opportunities to get a left guard or right guard or guard, period. Uh, uh, an offensive lineman that can play guard and they pass up on it and they took Ricky Stromberg. It's not a it's not a knock on the player Ricky because I like him. I do like his tape. I really like his tape. But uh if you're not gonna allow him to compete with Nick Gates um and, and even see like your best five that could possibly be out there, um I, I just feel like that kind of 
hurts the playing at offensive line. Like you could have, you could have found a way to get your best five out there. And and I think even Braden Daniels was the next pick after rookie, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like you you have two guys that you drafted who just aren't playing in year one, and those are valuable picks. And, and that's what really baffled me when I heard that they didn't really want Ricky to start this year or or with the intent of having him start this year. It just didn't make any sense um to me. And and, and I'm not uh pro- I don't have a problem with Nick. I don't have a problem with Ricky once again, but but it's just it's just kind of weird to see how this how this all lined up, knowing that you have a huge question mark at left guard. Like why bank on that so much? I understand where Montel came from, and I think he's 100 percent spot on with how he rationalized uh Sadiq's opportunity that's in front of him. But I, it just doesn't make sense that you would bank on somebody that you've known for three or four years, um, whether he was healthy or not. Like you've seen enough to know that you can get him some competition outside of a Chris Paul, who was a seventh round draft pick in 2022. Um, do a little bit better than that. Um, you could have got somebody in left guard that could have just helped amped up the competition and, and go from there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those cases where this uh, personnel staff, they just over-evaluate guys because of position flex instead of just getting guys that are good at what they need to be good at. Like, get a guy that's good at at left tackle. Get a guy that's good at left guard. Like, we've talked about on the show. It's like Trent Williams could probably play every position on the O-line, but – He's a damn beast at, at left tackle. We're going to keep him at left tackle. We ain't about to try him out anywhere else. And it's just one of those cases where it's like you just hope that training camp, that they truly let these guys show what they can do, um, you know, with those reps that they're getting. Uh, I think that it will be very integral for uh, a lot of these young players and even even the guys that we view as vets, like a Nick Gates, when they have that, that – um, that training camp matchup with the Baltimore Ravens, like throughout the week, like Baltimore, Baltimore has studs on defense. You feel me? So they'll get exposed in that training camp practice. And and then on top of that, you got the game. So it's like, I just hope that Ricky Stromberg doesn't have it set in his mind. um, You know, that I'm going to be relaxing for the year. Like this is a red shirt year for me. OB comes out when training camp starts. And balls out. Same with Braden Daniels. Same with everyone that's on the offensive line. Guys that we may not even know, we might not even bring up on this episode. There's an opportunity ahead of you because I feel like there's no true lock on that offensive line except for Charles Leno at left tackle. And that's primarily just due to the financials behind him as a player. But, I mean, I just hope that guys come out and uh, realize the opportunity in front of them because it makes no sense that a team that needs help and needs players to be on the field and productive, you're taking a third round pick, a fourth round pick and a center guard, and you don't plan on playing them. Like you, you're not the Kansas city chiefs. (laughs) You ain't just win no super bowl. You feel me where you can just have guys as high picks who are typically contributors around the NFL, not playing. Like you don't have that luxury. And, you know, honestly, I was surprised because when we signed Nick Gates, I thought the plan would be to start him at left guard. I mean, I did hear that he could play center, you know, or guard, whichever, you know, because this is a position flex type of regime. But, I, I mean, I thought he would be the left guard, especially because you don't have a clear cut answer there. So, you know, I was a little surprised to see that the competition at left guard was going to be Sadiq Charles and uh, Chris Paul. But, I mean, when you draft the Ricky Strawberry, as Maul said, you know, 
I initially thought this guy was probably going to get a chance to, you know, at least compete for the starting job. Because center, I look at the center position kind of like the running back position. Like, guys can come out immediately and start there. I mean, it's not that hard to translate from college to, you know, the NFL at those two positions. So I thought he was ready. I mean, you hear a lot of people like even Scott McLuhan, he said he thought Ricky Stromberg could be a 10 to 15 year starter in the league. So it, it looks like what we're red shirting him now. I mean, you know, he's, he's going to have a red shirt season. I mean, but injuries happen. So, I mean, maybe he can get his chance at some point, but I mean, I was just surprised again that Nick Gates is just automatically slated there without any competition. I don't know if something happened over OTAs minicamp where they just kind of seen Ricky Stromberg is not ready to take that next step. Maybe they think he can compete a little bit more once training camp starts. I, I know John kind of mentioned on our show um, that he, he, you know, he has to probably get the strength translated to the next level here but i mean maybe he can hit the weight room get better this summer i don't know but it's a little surprising to me that he won't be competed for it but overall i mean if nick gates is the starter i do feel good about the depth there versus you know kind of the other spots we have on the office line because like maul said tyler lawson has always been solid whenever he had to fill in for chase rule year whenever he got hurt and then you still have ricky stromberg the rookie right there who you you know you drafted in the third round so you should expect something big out of him but yeah again I, I am a little perplexed at why he's not you know competing right now for the starting job and it is kind of a little concerning as well yeah Dre you 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 better than me um I actually thought that Nick Gates was coming in to be Wes Weiser I thought he was coming in as a backup I thought he was your backup interior lineman I didn't I never and if I'm being honest I didn't really I never heard of him and I knew he played for the Giants. I'm like, I never heard of this dude. And he played in our division. Like, I never knew who he was. I knew of him from the injury first. And then, you know what I mean? I started seeing people, you know, oh, this is Nick Gates. This is what he does. He looks like he's a little bit physical, but I don't know anything about Nick Gates. Um, so I, I do know, I, I wanted to ask you guys, has there been an update on Larson? Because his injury was pretty serious from last I remember. Um, I haven't seen an update on Larson, but, um, if he's still around, like if he hasn't gotten the, the Norwell treatment in terms of like how they're handling his injury recovery, I think, I think he's probably safe, um, to yeah. be on the roster, but I haven't heard an update. Yeah. And I heard that's part of the reason they let go of Chase because he wasn't fully healthy. So Larson must be doing mm -hmm. pretty good in yeah. terms of his injury, but. Um, I'm kind of on the same page with you guys. It was a, it was a bit of a head scratcher. Again, I like John Michael uh, Smith. Um, that's probably wasn't their guy. They liked Avilia. They passed on him second round. They passed on Smith second round. They passed on Torrance second round. And then they came back third round and drafted the center. I said, what, what the hell are they doing? So to me, it doesn't make sense if you're not going to at least give Stromberg a chance, if I'm being 100% honest. I think he deserves a chance because like Dre mentioned, Center, and I heard Logan Paulson say this earlier, Was it, I think it was yesterday, centers, typically no one's lined up in front of them. They're typically helping out uh, because defenses are playing gaps. So I don't see why he wouldn't get a chance. Again, this is just me not knowing too much about Gates either, but it's like to have those question marks on your interior O-line is not a good sign. And right now it doesn't seem like you have anybody reliable at center, because as much as we like Larson, just like Sadiq Charles, <laughs> Larson, he going to give you four games, goddamn. And, and after that, mm -hmm. it's Not boost. Hopeful. You know what I'm saying? But those, it's going to be a solid four or five games, but his body just – he's had major injuries the last two seasons. So 
just don't it's just too many question marks. Um, and that's why I would like to see them kind of ease Ricky into that role, maybe a little sooner than we all expect. Now, who I am confident in are the tackles. Um, I think Charles, you know, I think one of the things that are is mistaken with Charles, uh, and it's it's actually frustrating because I think people I don't I don't even know. Like if I had to theorize um why people dislike Leno so much is because of the high standards that Washington has had uh, at left tackle, like the examples. Um, and it's people not coming to terms with what an above average left tackle looks like. Like Charles Leno, first off, he's had moments throughout the 2022 season where he was playing hurt. Um, that's, that's the, that's the one thing it was spurts where he was playing injured. And, and just didn't miss a game like he just did not like that's that should be a, that should be a credit to him um but he, he had moments where he he just played hurt and it and it bothered him and it affected his play on the field um that's one thing but then secondly um he doesn't really get credit for the moments where he does have good games and 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 i know that much because like i've put that spotlight on him when he's had good games and and like that's not that's not what draws the most attention it, it's the ones where he gets beat um, it's the, it's the biggest moments where he gets beat. Obviously, the the giant game is the biggest one that comes to mind for for most um, both Giants games. Um, those are the those are the ones that that shine the most for some people. Um, and, and and I'm not saying that he shouldn't get crucified for for giving up soft edges or or not being able to um, stay in front of uh, Thibodeau and things like that. But at the end of the day, um, you saw more good out of Leno than bad throughout his entire duration here as a left tackle with Washington. And, and and that's somebody that I'm confident in as an above average left tackle that he's going to get the job done more times than not. Um, and then, Nick, uh, excuse me, not Nick A, sorry. Uh, Andrew Wiley on the right side. Again, this is a person where uh, I can't sit here and tell you that I've seen his entire career or, or his entire time in, in Kansas City. But at the same time, like that veteran presence to know exactly what Eric Bieniemy wants to do on this offensive line, but also knows how to communicate to everybody else through film study, through practices, through uh, team meetings, what needs to be done uh, from a, a timing standpoint, from an execution standpoint, uh, from a, from a play design standpoint, like that is a key cog in this offensive line. And I think that there isn't going to be a significant drop off from Wiley moving from Kansas city to Washington. I think that same thing is going to be there. Now can his teammates help him? And that's going to be a question, but I know that Leno and I think that Wiley are going to be the guys that can come out right out the gate and, and be perfectly fine in this offense. Um, so yeah, I'll pass it to you all about your, uh, anything on, on Leno and anything on Wiley as well, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm confident in these guys. It's just the interior as we started out with that, that really has me shake my or, or questioning or, or scratch my head, but Leno Wiley, I'm cool with them. I mean, for the tackles, I look at it as it's kind of like, May, you know, like, I mean, I don't think they're bad and I don't think we they're great. I mean, they, they could be solid at best. I mean, yeah. Andrew Wiley and yeah. Charles Leno, 
and you look at the depth, uh, Cornelius Lucas is the only guy, you know, you're confident in depth wise. Other than that, it's pretty much a bunch of names at the tackle position. But uh, Leno, Leno, like you said, Maul, I mean, he's been, you know, solid and fans do, you know, kind of are, are really hard on him because we went from Chris Samuels to Trent Williams. I mean, these are two, you know, hell of a caliber players. I mean, Trent Williams, Hall of Famer, first ballot, no question. You know, and Chris Samuels was a stalwart at the position for, you know, almost 10 years for us so then you go to Charles Leno a guy who the Bears are cut you know it's kind of a guy that you just pick up off the break and fans are like oh well you know he's trash especially you know early on he did give up some sacks and once you do that here you know that's it <laughs> like you know there's no good you can do after hey, that right. but don't give him no more don't give him no pressures yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, at some point, you know, we are going to be looking at that left tackle position to upgrade early. And when I, when I say early, I mean, high first round or something, you know, but we still got to get the quarterback position. But, you know, Leno has been holding, you know, this up with a clothespin, you know, this position for us. And like I said, I mean, he's doing an adequate job. I'm fine with him. Andrew Wiley. I mean, again, I didn't see much of him with the Chiefs. I mean, well, I didn't pay much attention to him with the Chiefs. But from everything you hear, you know, he's a solid tackle Eric the enemy loves him. I mean, he's one of the reasons uh, why he's here now. So, I mean, you know, you look like you look at that and you do feel better at those two end positions versus the interior guys. I mean, even from the center to the left guard, the right guard, you do feel good, at least with those guys on the, um, the outside. So other than that, um, again, you, we may worry about death with this position because, like I said, Cornelius, Cornelius Lucas has held down the swing tackle position for us for the last couple of years, but he's been so-so. And then after him, who knows what you have there. So, you know, hopefully they can help hold it down. I'm laughing, bro. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I, I, I'm one of those fans that get on Charles Leno Jr., bro. And, oh, and, hey. maybe, and maybe, hey, you Look, know we what? Seen a thousand of them. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because we had Trent Williams or maybe it's because we had Samuels. Or maybe it's because he was getting his ass kicked last year. Can I be a hundred? Because because he just asked. He yeah, but like let's just be let's just let's just. See, I, don't, I don't agree with that, bro. I don't think he. I don't think he's. Some, I don't think he's some shit though, bro. Okay, I, I, I get it. We all. Yeah. I, I hear you. Look, look, and, and you breaking down the film, but can I tell you something now? There are. I can. I, I I guarantee you, you can pull up sixteen left tackles better than Charles Leno Jr. He's not middle of the pack. I can probably pull up twenty. And, and that's and that's to me that's an issue because at that point, what's a solid left tackle? If you if you bottom twenty, what's a solid left tackle really? Like, come on now, all right, cool. You you the sack every game. He gave up a Pro Bowl season in sacks. He gave up eight sacks, bro. He gave up eight sacks, bro. And and, and and a lot of those he was really just getting punished. It wasn't like, oh man, the quarterback held the ball too. Like, no, Charles Leno got his his lunch eight, and, and then he gave him up in big moments. So that matters. That you got to factor that in. I get it. He's solid for majority of the game, but when you give up eight sacks throughout the course of a season, if you give up six sacks throughout the course of a season, I, I can guarantee all eight sacks were not on Charles Little Jr. But if you give up five, six sacks throughout the course of a season, that's not a good season. Like, and, and a lot of those he was really getting blown by, and he was really like people knocking his hand, "Get your hands off me!" And, and I'm going to the quarterback. So that stuff matters to fans. And we guess what? We don't see every play in the trenches. You may have had a great run block that led to three yards. You may have had a great pass block that led to a 16-yard pass. But when it's time for us to make the playoffs, you letting Kayvon Thibodeau whip your ass all game? 
and, and we trying to get in the offs, my boy. Like, we trying to get in the playoffs, and you're getting smoked by a rookie down in and down out, and he got a sack strip touchdown. That's game. Like, that stuff matters, bro. That's why fans – I couldn't stand his play this year. And I know it, it may seem like an overreaction because it's like, oh, man, no, he's solid. You got to watch it. I've heard that all year. He's solid. He's solid. He's not top 15. To me, if you're not top 20, you're not you're not really solid. Like, he he can – he it's it's about time. But, but can you yeah. name the 20 – can you name the 20 tackles? Can you name the 20 tackles? I'll pull up the list for you right now because I was just looking at it. Okay? So, of course, we got like big – we we got we got Big Trent, we got Big Trent, we got Lane Johnson, we got Lermy Tunsil, we got Andrew Thomas, Christian Durso. Wait, are we doing? We're doing all left tackles, right? All left tackles. Oh, you're doing left and right. Okay, all right, keep going. Okay, so hey, look, I still don't think Penesu is Penesu right or left. He, he he's right. Rashawn Slater, mm. he's a left tackle. Ryan Rimschick, Ronnie Staley. David Bakhtiari, Orlando Brown Jr., who just got paid like a left tackle. Like, bro, these, these all these dudes is better than yo. Like, all hey, these you, dudes better look, than you yo. name you name you name about five, six. You got you got about four. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. I've laid more than would you take, <laughs> would you take uh, hey, hey, come on, bro? Would you take uh Taylor Decker? Yes, yes, bro. What about what about what about Colton Miller? Colton Miller. I don't even know who that is, bro. Uh, he the tackle for the for the Raiders. No, I don't even. I don't know who he is, so I can't say he better than Charles Leno. Right. But I don't, do know. I do know Charles Leno gave up more sacks. He gave up the. He was tied for five, four or five in terms of sacks given up. So no left tackle gave up more sacks than him. I, I, mean, I think. I mean, I I, mean, you, I, I, I agree you with have you. A, you can have an off year, though, bro. I don't think that's I don't think that's a really? Nah, I agree. I agree more so with Montel. What's, like, I I really don't. People have had. I think people have had that. They've been good players. Like that shit happens. What like, what the issue? Years where they've had like uncharacteristic amount of drops and came back well, and bounced back. Very but nice who, what is he though? Like, I mean, people keep saying he's solid. It's like. What above is that average, mean? above average is is nothing. Is above average is telling you that you're in the middle of the pack, that you literally exist in the middle of the pack. Well, but I mean, Montel's he's not getting paid. He's getting paid like a top ten left left tackle. That's the main issue. Is he? Why people are is he, even hard on look. him? Yeah, but he getting paid as a top ten left tackle. For what reference, though, PFF has him ranked bro? number thirty. They have him ranked thirty of all tackles, and there's over 60 tackles it wasn't just left tackles they had them rated so that's average that's right in the middle somewhere so he's average who, who so had him average won't, I won't, it, it broke up a little I, bit what i would say he's average but, I'm, but i don't give a pass for being what, what is the what does the average left tackle look like that's is what it i'm charles saying leno? charles leno <laughs> it looks like I charles leno. I, don't, I don't want what him we, on the field what, what's the argument i don't want him on the field then Stop, bro. You give up eight shots. I mean, I think, I think. Look, put it this way. I think the issue is, I think the issue is, bro. If if Charles Leno is your best offensive lineman, that is a problem. That's like he should never be your best offensive lineman on your unit. But but if he if he is on your if he is on your team and he is not your best offensive lineman, you're doing a good job. Like that is a, a average player can survive on a on an offense on an NFL offense on a good offensive line unit. An average player can survive, bro. He's just the weakest link. It's but you can't. That's kind of where my head is. It 
in today's That's league, fair. a guy like a Charles Leno who doesn't have long arms, doesn't have great footwork, agility, you can't be an average left tackle in today's league for real. You really can't. He was getting beat by sweat from the Eagles. Like I think, I think people were smoking Charles Leno, bro. Like yeah. we can't sit here and make make it seem oh he's solid. Okay, yeah, he's well, had issues against certain certain rushers though. Like yeah. He's had issues against certain. I can't rushers. say he's solid, bro. I okay, in, in in the time in the time that Charles, Leno I think that's been I here. think that's just not. You don't think in it's the fair time that Charles Leno's been here, who who has he done a solid job against? I mean, I like, are you just asking game, like? But he's had solid the, games. The rips? <laughs> he's had solid games, but here, are you asking? Are you asking? Is it's true. I think I think it's the fact that he's your best O lineman going into the season. And and all we can say about Charles Leno is, oh, he's he's solid. Like that's a problem. See, this is why we aren't happy about the group overall. Like we've been having this conversation. <laughs> like we didn't went down the whole list, and we haven't been like overly excited about anyone on this offensive line. And Charles Leno is the catalyst. He's leading. He's the average guy, <laughs> and it's okay. You know, to AJ's really point, is, you know, you can have a Charles Leno starting a left tackle as long as you don't have a Joe Barrow at quarterback. You wouldn't want him getting that type of guy getting killed. But if he's protecting the Taylor Heineke's and the Sam Howells of the world, then so be it. We'll just have Charles Leno try it out there. <laughs> Charles Leno is 15th in the NFL at, with uh, left tackle. 15th turn his page. That's like I said earlier. That's a so, bunch of no. I'm I'm not I'm not talking I'm not ta- I'm not talking about like I'm not making an argument for anything. I was saying AJ said he was making top ten money. I ain't making no top ten money, bro. No, nah, his base oh, salary man. his base salary is at least ten, so that would be in the top ten. Go to his base. Left tackle. It, it might even be higher. It's between either ten or eleven. I say this: if, if Leno don't play this year, I, I don't want him on the team no more. And who am I? But it's just like. To me, it's like he really. I think his first year he played admirable. I think last year he really looked bad, and I think a lot of people just didn't want to say he looked bad, and he did. He looked bad last year. Like, well, to your point, Montel, I think this has to be his last season starting for us. I think this absolutely has to be your last year starting, Charles Leno, because when we signed him, I didn't foresee him starting for multiple years for us. I thought he would just be, you know, a safety pin until you get the guy. And I absolutely think this has to be his last year starting for us. Bro, Chicago Shit, Bears. I thought we was in the, in the room for left tackle this year, too. I did, too. Yeah, I mean. Hey, you know what's funny? When Ron came here, I, I was telling folks, like, if you paid attention to his tenure in Carolina, he started to neglect that offensive line. And that's when you start seeing Cam get hit. Like, guys like Norwell, he didn't pay him. Trey Turner, he didn't pay him. He would let those guys walk, and he would just try to plug other guys in there. And he would draft guys, and, you know, hopefully they pan out. But he kind of neglected that line in Carolina. And he's doing the same thing here. And I'm just like, I don't get it. When do, when do you learn in a sense? Like, this O-line is important, bro. And you can't just have bodies. And I think that's what they've done with this O-line. They just have a bunch of bodies. Because we have a Most bunch of bodies. Just bodies. Okay. Yeah, they're just bodies. Like, you don't have any any dogs on this O-line. And that's kind of why it's just it's frustrating to even, like, talk about sometimes. Like, he, yo, he they, too, they are curious, bro. He was too comfortable with Cam Newton making plays 
on his own and just thought they ain't need an O-line. But you're right. Like, he definitely neglected the position. I mean, just look at who came in at coach. They had to go and draft uh, Icky. Uh, Icky, uh, where did Icky come out of? I want to say it was Ole Miss or something like that. Like, some of their first, first and second round picks <laughs> were offensive line because of the the fact that Ron Rivera ignored the position so much over there. That's insane, bro. Well, fellas, at least they fast. We got fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but look, man, that's, I think that's all we got for this this uh, this position group, man. It's it's a whole bunch of question marks. It's probably gonna be, um, fellas. It's probably gonna be the 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 breakdown where we where we have like the literally like the most question marks. Uh, well, maybe the second most second second episode. We we still got a couple more couple more positions to go. Um, but I'm predicting it's going to be up there. Uh, okay. Fellas, that's it, man. That's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, everybody, I appreciate y'all watching, listening, all that good stuff, man. Um, the fellas will be back next week with another position group breakdown, taking us all the way up into training camp. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, that's easy, man. Y'all be easy. Take it easy. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your week and all that good stuff. We out of here. Damn, set, huh? Watch him throw the ball. We gon' pick it up. You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trapper Dive.